Folks, the Winnipeg Jets every once in a while hit a bit of a road bump, something where, you know, maybe they're outplayed a little bit, maybe they're just unlucky. But against the Montreal Canadiens, the Jets just laid a bit of a dud. If we're being honest, Winnipeg got dominated by a Montreal squad that, quite honestly, really should have no business uh, dictating the game the way they did. We'll dive into what went wrong for the Jets and how they can rebound ahead of their matchup against Toronto on Thursday, all coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. And as always, thanks for uh, making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said on tonight's episode, we're going to be diving into uh, Winnipeg versus Montreal, which was kind of a crap game, if we're being honest. The Jets just didn't really look like they had it. It's not often that the Jets, I would say, are uncompetitive in games, but this kind of was one of those. Uh, Winnipeg has, at least in a lot of these losses, made you know a good effort, maybe scored a couple of really nice goals, maybe just fallen a bit short in some uh, really big efforts like the Bruins game. But this one, this is a game that Bones is just going to be mad about. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. Winnipeg was uh, really dominated by the Montreal Canadiens in way too many categories. And for the Jets to really surrender this many chances to look like they had super big dead legs, uh, just not an amazing look. But, you know, like I said on the last episode, I, you know, I, I was expecting the Jets to have a loss somewhere in the next couple of games, probably more than one, if we're being honest. Uh, the Jets have done so well recently that, you know, it's it's hard to keep that momentum going. It's hard to continually give uh, every game 100%. And I think the Jets just sort of tailed off right at the start for this one and never really got themselves back on track. Montreal was faster. Uh, they hit Winnipeg on more counters. Winnipeg's defending was extremely poor. And uh, it, it just didn't look like the Jets really had anything. Even Dubois, who was usually one of our uh, linchpins of the offense, was poor. Shifley really wasn't able to do much. Ehlers, Connor, everyone was either uh, not good or outright awful for the most part. So just not really what you want to see. Uh, Heinle came back and had one of his worst games uh, for the Jets. I don't really know if he's even healthy enough to even be playing right now. Uh, you know, whatever sidelined him for like the past week and a half, it does seem like, you know, maybe he's still a little bit rusty. I know he had a game over the weekend with the Manitoba Moose. Didn't really seem like he was with it this game, though. You will have those moments where players like him uh, and not just him, but even, you know, guys like Pionk, Sandberg, uh, Brendan Dillon to a point, even DeMello. You can see when they're not 100% because oftentimes the games where they're playing either through injury or illness, they don't look so good. So, yeah, I'm hoping Heinle's thing is just a passing bit, but 
you know, with him being sort of the extra defender, I feel like he has the least margin for error when it comes to this stuff. So I'm curious to know how Bones responds. He has traditionally been, I would say, more lenient with some of the kids than the previous coaching staff. But, you know, Heinola certainly had a really bad night. He was on the ice for three of the goals against. Not all his fault, but certainly not not like he was really helping out there either, especially when the Jets needed like defensive zone exits and clearances. So, yeah, just a really rough game from him. Uh, a disappointing one, especially after a recent run of form where he was playing really, really well and we were kind of seeing his best stuff before he got sick. And then all of a sudden he looks like a different player. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Hopefully he gets back in and Bones kind of helps him regain his confidence and, and form. But, you know, it wasn't just Heinola that was kind of really crapping it up out there. Uh, the team in general just really was poor. I mean, there's almost no one that I could really say I was impressed with. Uh, I thought Helly did, you know, uh, enough to try and give the Jets a chance. But there were some goals where he didn't really have much of an opportunity to even make the save because, you know, there was a pass or a puck or something that he, you know, obviously couldn't cover every single angle. And the Jets defense just didn't really do much to help him either. So, yeah. It's rare when you see this kind of game where the Jets just do nothing. I guess the only positive thing was Kyle Connor got himself a nice power play goal. And there was another Josh Norrissey assist, uh, another Ehlers point. But yeah, I I think this illustrates why it's really important for the Jets to um, probably sooner rather than later make some kind of, some kind of a trade. I, I do think the Jets are definitely missing that extra scoring punch. And as it is, you know, a, a few too many players are elevated in the in the lineup right now. I think if you kind of make a big trade, you bring in somebody who can fortify your top six, it'll help balance out the depth lines too. Uh, not that, uh, you know, the, the, the team is bad or anything. It's just you can tell where the Jets are kind of pushing at the limit of, of what they're capable of. And I think they've done so repeatedly this year and usually come out on top. But this game, um, you know, just everything from the effort to, uh, the lack of skating. I don't know if it was fatigue. Maybe guys are, well, I'm sure guys are still sick. Uh, we all know that the flu and stuff's been running rampant, and I'm sure everyone's got lingering injuries of a sort. So, you know, like I said, uh, I guess in the previous episode, maybe I jinxed it. I said I didn't really care if they won or lost this game. Uh, a win would have been really nice, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, the Jets. Winnipeg is still a team in transition. They're going to have games like this. As long as they remain top two or top three in the Central uh, by the end of the season, I don't really care, um, you know, if they drop some silly games here and there. But it would be nice if they tried to clean it up a little bit more or at least be competitive. I mean, a lot of us uh, certainly want to watch a fun game and not whatever that was. But uh, we'll dive into, you know, some some potential scenarios of what the Jets might do in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think Winnipeg is obviously kind of trying to accrue cap space, so don't expect moves really ahead of the trade deadline. But, you know, there there also is some uh, updates about, you know, maybe one of their potential trade targets or, or somebody that they've been connected to and, uh, you know, some of the controversy surrounding this player uh, over the past 24 hours. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season. They've got the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. They've got everything from pro football to college football. Uh, of course, you know, the NFL playoffs are still rolling along, and uh, college bowl season is by and large wrapped up, but, you know, national championship 
obviously was a big point of contention, but maybe you're also into basketball, or if you've still got that post-World Cup hangover and you need the cure of domestic league action, they've got plenty of coverage of that as well, whether it's uh, Europe or abroad. So be sure to go over to betonline.net. They've also got plenty of great sports podcasts and news articles for you to sink your teeth into, so you'll always stay plugged into your favorite sport 24-7. And as always, they still remain the fastest and easiest way to get all the betting info you need, so head on over to betonline.net to register for a free account right now because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the uh, listen of the day every day. We are just sort of wrapping up our conversations about Winnipeg versus Montreal was a bit of an effort curb stomping, and uh, certainly the scoreline I think is pretty reflective of how the Jets just did. I mean, Winnipeg was not very good. They did get a couple of late looks on Sam Montembeau, thought there were some good scoring opportunities, but passes were off. Uh, There were some really bad defensive reads, just bad turnovers, really just all around uh, bad performance. But like I said, not really concerned about it as long as the Jets rebound uh, ahead of their game against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday. That's pretty much all that I care about. Um, I think Winnipeg up until this point has given itself a lot of breathing room, right? I think that's the biggest thing when you've got teams uh, kind of weathering injuries, going through really tough streaks. The Jets have generally been able to uh, rally at the end of it, get a number of wins, maybe even go on like a massive winning streak and give themselves some insurance room, uh, which I think is really important because as the Jets are trying to accrue cap space, I think the one thing Winnipeg really wants is roster flexibility. And the only way that you have that is if everyone is more or less healthy and you can kind of hold off on making big changes to the team until uh, the trade deadline rolls around. But You know, I've always been in favor of being a little more aggressive. I think it would really help the Jets this year, especially because so many teams are going to be scouting the same players. We've seen uh, Bo Horvat being heavily linked to um, a number of teams. I think Boston might be interested. Uh, There are so many fits for where Horvat could potentially uh, slot in, I guess. Seattle might be an interesting destination. Not that I think that's particularly likely, but uh, they could potentially use a really good top six score. Um, Again, like I said, there's just so many teams out there, a number of them with decent amounts of assets to trade. And of course, Vegas will probably be active again with the potential news that Mark Stone might be uh, injured a bit longer term again, which would be really tough for him and for the Knights offense. But I think as far as the Jets are concerned, right, Winnipeg is, is, I don't know, they're an odd team. I I get the sense this year is going to be a bigger one for them in terms of uh, roster movement and changes. I think just by virtue of where the Jets are in the life cycle of this core, uh, I would imagine the front office is keenly aware that, you know, in two years, pretty much the entire team is going to be up for renewal. Not everyone's going to be coming back. And the Jets really need an answer for guys like Dubois. Uh, you know, I think Shifley was also going to be a point of contention in terms of how much you should pay him. And then, you know, after that Hellebuck, I mean, Hellebuck, the Jets are basically going to have to, you know, break open the vault doors for, at least in my current assessment, uh, I don't even know what you give a Vezina player like him at this point. He is our MVP. He has been for many years, and I suspect he'll be continually uh, in the running for the team MVP for the next several years, uh, or really as long as he's wearing a Jets uniform. So Winnipeg definitely wants to make the most of the next two seasons, I would say. And it kind of starts with uh, this year being really 
one of their big shots. I think the Western Conference is wide open, more so than it's ever been. And this is a really good time for Bones to kind of experiment with lineups, see if he can find some value in gems. Uh, I, I think previously before the game against Montreal, you know, Heinle was doing really well on that right side. Um, and I think Pionk this year, he's just not really been that guy. I think Heinle has done a lot of what Neil has, uh, maybe less so with the scoring. I think I would like Heinle to be more offensively assertive, which in some games we've seen. But, you know, Heinle, I would say, is a little more defensive uh, a little more stable defensively, which is kind of weird to say. A lot of people tend to look at him and see his undersized features and think, well, how can he defend so well? And a lot of it's just how he positions himself on the inside of defenders, uh, how he uses his stick and his general spacing and positioning. It's not going to be perfect, but like Pionk has been so bad under pressure and with making you know passes and making unforced errors or sometimes forced errors to the point where Heinle would actually be an upgrade. So um, I think the team really needs to assess how to deal with Pionk. I think that's kind of one of the biggest core pieces that the Jets probably want to turn into uh, uh, like a forward or something. Because I think Pionk, you know, certainly has a lot of trade value. He's still very high scoring. Teams still know that he is, offensively speaking, very gifted. But, you know, I think as far as what the Jets are, are looking for, hopefully they can bring in, I don't know, uh, somebody with some reasonable term. I think Mantha for me would be a wonderful trade target. Uh, he's the guy that I've mentioned before as like a fringe option at first. Now he's getting scratched for the caps. And I think a lot of people are like, why do you want somebody who's getting scratched and having a big, you know, a bad season. But the thing with Manta is you can probably count on a bit of a rebound once he leaves. And honestly, like Washington, you look at their lineups, you look at how they're playing this year. Very odd team. You should have seen the lines that they had in one of their most recent games that they lost. Uh, it, it was just, I, I think I even saw Kuznetsov um, taking like fourth line rushes. So I don't even know what all that's about. But suffice it to say, you know, a lot of teams out there uh, are, are going to be looking to make moves. And I think the Jets really should be one of those teams that preempts all of that and goes for some big trade acquisitions. But one of the names that they got uh, linked to recently was Provorov on, I think it was either Merrick's show or, or Friedman's show. Uh, but Provorov just... Uh, recently refused to join the warm-up skate for Pride Night for the Flyers, and he did actually get to play for the uh, you know the game itself, but he wasn't out there because uh, he you know said it was due to his religious beliefs, which you know that is what it is. But I, I, I think in this case, you know, the Jets were being linked to this, and I think in terms of of uh, a, a Jets team that has traditionally been a lot more receptive to hockey is for everyone that has been a socially conscious team, aware of the community. Uh, I would really like them not to try and make this deal. I think it's important for the Jets to uh, have strong ethics and values uh, as much as exist in pro sports. Um, but there's like some simple and easy things that you can do. Uh, walking away from the Provorov deal, I think, would be very easy. You don't want to bring in somebody who apparently is extremely disliked in the Flyers locker room, partly because of stuff like this. Uh, you know, a number of the Flyers players are actually very much in favor of hockey is for everyone. They are, are big representatives and, and believers in Pride Night. So um, I, I think that would be a very fractious thing. I mean, the Jets tend to be pretty open-minded, relatively speaking. And we've seen Wheeler, you know, make stomp, you know, comments and statements in support of that in the past. And so something like that, I, I, I don't think would be good to bring into the Jets room. But, you know, if they make the trade for Provorov, it is what it is. Uh, I, I just think it would be nice if, 
Winnipeg, you know, refuses to do it this time and and kind of stays away. I think there's plenty of other players who the Jets could make better use of and who also aren't as expensive, either uh, socially or by cap hits. So, you know, Winnipeg make the right choice and and look for somebody who uh, certainly is is more open to inclusion and making sure that, again, hockey really is for everyone. Now, in just a little bit, we will sort of wrap up and, and kind of give our thoughts on, you know, how to, I guess, game plan for uh, Toronto. They just beat the Florida Panthers in overtime, 5-4, to four, big comeback victory. And the Jets are going to have some big questions to answer as they head into uh, what should be a pretty eventful next few games. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of Locked on Jets and uh, these closing thoughts. We're just wrapping up real quick with some final thoughts after Winnipeg lost a bit of a stinker to the Montreal Canadiens. Again, like I said, not really concerned about it in the grand scheme of things. Sometimes you just suck and it is what it is. Uh, You have games where you're not really at your best. You're not uh, there 100 percent. And, you know, it's not something that I think is really anything anything to be too concerned about. Uh, Winnipeg is like, what, eight and two in its last 10 games. So. Yeah, loss here and there. They're they're going to have stinkers. It is what it is. Uh, not not a big deal. Prefer it to be against better teams, though. I think that's the one thing that was kind of like, ooh, maybe not ideal. Uh, Montreal's kind of towards the bottom of the league this year, so it'd be nice if the Jets were at least competitive uh, and and sort of not dropping results like these. But again, like I said, not a big deal. Uh, Winnipeg is still just around first or so, uh, currently in second in the Central Division, so it's not like they're really sweating. I mean, they're second in the West, man. Uh, Really feels crazy to say that after everything that we've seen the past few years, but Toronto is a team that I think the Jets are really going to have a tough time with. Uh, These are always close games for the most part. Toronto almost has a very similar record to the Jets, uh, certainly only a couple more points in the standings. Their offensive production and, and goals conceded are very similar. Um, their recent record, not so much or a little bit more mixed than what the Jets are up to, but I think we all know Toronto's offense, especially with that power play and everything is super lethal, and it's not something that Winnipeg can really slack off on. So I think you know one thing the Jets are going to want to do, especially as they head into a team, uh, that can be very offensively aggressive in the corners uh, and on the counters is just make sure that you don't give Toronto space. I think that's one of the biggest problems that they had against Montreal is they gave the Habs a lot of respect, a little too much respect, maybe even a few gifts. Uh, and so Winnipeg needs to close those those gaps down. They also need to just be better about passing out of the back and making sure that when they're uh, transitioning up the ice that they're managing the puck better. I think that's something that you know certainly haunted them in this game. And uh, hopefully their skating legs are back. They just looked really sluggish against Montreal, which is kind of odd, kind of like maybe they'd been celebrating in Montreal a little bit too much. Not that they necessarily were. I don't know. But uh, certainly they weren't skating like they had um, the best of feelings out there. Maybe they were still sick. I don't know. But at this time of the year, you know, fatigue starts to build up. The Jets have certainly had to weather some some stretches where a lot of guys were logging extra minutes more so than they usually would. So maybe it's catching up. Um, But like I said, I mean, you know, even if the Jets lose the next couple of games or have only one or two wins, it's not really a big deal in the grand scheme of things. I just think you don't want it to become a trend where the Jets are starting to get outplayed routinely, uh, starting to drop results and, you know, sliding back more towards a wild card spot. I think Winnipeg has done really well to get up until this point, but I I don't want to see them, 
you know, take their foot off the gas pedal and get themselves in a tough position. Uh, because, you know, certainly the higher you are seated this year, it's going to be much better for you in the wild card round. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, beyond that, when you can have home ice advantage, you don't have to worry so much about uh, the opponents below you that you're dealing with. And you have more favorable seeds in a conference that is very wide open. So this is the Jets chance to really make a big run. I feel like this year more so than any of the other recent years uh, beyond, you know, outside of 2017, 2018, uh, 2018, I really feel like this team has the potential to go far. Um, they just need to smarten up, make a few acquisitions, and make sure that the lineup is good to go ahead of their playoff run. But let me know how you feel about all of this. Let me know what you're kind of thinking as far as uh, Bones' current job and how he's done, how you think the Jets might uh, match up against the Leafs. I'm going to say Winnipeg wins 4-3 to three on Thursday. Uh, I think that's going to be a really tough one. But I think the Jets are capable of it. We've seen it against, you know, teams like Pittsburgh and Buffalo. The Jets managed to get it done on back-to-back. So why not Toronto, you know? Uh, but let me know your score predictions. Drop them in the comments below or at my social medias at, at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. And, of course, we'll see you folks tomorrow. And uh, have a great night. Thanks for listening. And go Jets go.